This is episode 106 of IDRA Class Notes. What I find enviable about dual language programs is that they are designed so carefully. The implementation of them also is so structured. The professional development of teachers is also very rigorous. The unique thing about it, and it shouldn't be unique, is that they're also evaluated consistently and so that we know what the results are in many of the dual language programs that are here. Hello, everyone. Uh, This is Bradley Scott, and I want to welcome you to our podcast uh, series. I am really excited today to have Dr. Adela Solis with us. Uh, This is a podcast topic we haven't uh, actually touched yet, and I wanted to take an opportunity for that to occur. It's about dual language, and I wanted to just have a conversation with Adela Uh, around the issue of dual language uh, in the United States and what is going on in public schools, what needs to go on in public schools with regards to English language learners, as well as uh, students in general, particularly where dual language is concerned. So, Adela, let me say hello to you and let me thank you uh, for being with me today. Hi, Bradley. Thank you. And I wanted to get us started off by just asking you to give us some sort of sense of what is happening in the United States or across the United States with the issue of dual language instruction. All right, thank you, Bradley. Well, this conversation on dual language instruction or dual language programs um, could go on forever. There's so much to talk about. I'm sure. I'm hoping that the resources that uh, we'll talk about at the end of this session can lead them to that. Today I'm going to um, make some points on how dual language works to help our students in public schools in the United States in meeting their education goals. And um, as you know, bilingual programs in the United States are essentially of two types. We can talk about the goals of bilingual education in the United States. And uh, even though they're different models, everything boils down to two things. Either there's bilingual education where the primary language is taught for the purposes of helping students transition into English, and there's a specific philosophy for that. Or there's bilingual education when both languages are valued, and the goal is biliteracy. So those programs can be summarized as programs of TBE, which are transitional bilingual education, or we've learned to distinguish a different type of program as dual language. So technically, all programs are dual language, but in programs in the United States, the dual language program is different than TBE. So dual language is biliteracy, TBE, or transitional bilingual education is? Transition English focus, or English with a goal, but the primary language is used nevertheless. Nevertheless. Right. And here's where we would like to bring in this issue of building opportunity for dual language. Just as a point of, uh, for, for background, uh, it, it is known that dual language in the United States uh, exists almost in every part of the country. It's in the West, it's in the Midwest, it's in the East. We've visited programs all over the country here uh, at IDRA through a research project we had some years ago, and we had the opportunity to visit programs also in in the South here in Texas. So they're everywhere, and uh, there's good documentation of where the programs are and where the what the results of these dual language programs are. 
where they are is where there is a lot of minority students. There is, in many cases, multilingual. There is dual language programs for representing the different language groups that are here in the United States. We know there's uh, in Florida, for example, there are Haitian English programs. Mm. In Boston, we've had the opportunity to visit Chinese English programs and Native American programs. We visited some Navajo English programs in Arizona. In general, dual language programs benefit not just students that are native speakers of the language, the second language, the language other than English, which is what we, we refer to mm-hmm. uh, here in the United States, and English. So there's uh, also students that are the students that we're concerned with, our English language learners that are participating in programs. The interesting thing about dual language programs in that they serve more than just our English language populations is that they're they're real popular. I was about to say, I've seen that a- across the nation, that that they are popular in many ways. The kids learning both languages or each other's language and becoming, bi- I guess, you, as you said, biliterate. So talk a little more about that. And even in El Paso, as we speak, there's, and, and I'm sure there's other places, there's trilingual programs where you can learn to speak, even in El Paso, you can learn to speak English and Spanish and, and German, or mm. you can pick from a menu of languages to where you can become bilingual. You can become biliterate in English and a second language. That's great. So we know that those programs are there and I'm, may I use the word enviable, being that I've worked with bilingual education in, in, in for many years and in many uh, school districts. And what I find enviable about dual language programs, and this, they've been around for at least 10 years sure, or longer, sure. is that they are designed so carefully. The implementation of them also is so structured. The professional development of teachers is also very rigorous. The unique thing about it, and it shouldn't be unique, is that they're also evaluated consistently, and so that we know what the results are in the dual language, in many of the dual language programs that are here. That's interesting. So So that's a more, I guess, rigorous implementation than you may find in general bilingual, or like transitional bilingual education programs? They're rigorously designed, and they're also more rigorously implemented. Ah, I see. That's very Mm -hmm. good. The foundation of dual language program is the same as the transitional bilingual programs that mm-hmm. we were. The research on second language acquisition, how students learn a second language, the cultural aspects. So the foundation for building dual language is not different. It is the very source of, of research and theory in bilingual education that has helped to build our dual language programs. But uh, the interesting thing is that it's what we hear when we talk about bilingual education is what we hear in the community. Oh, dual language. Everybody seems to know dual language. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is the program. And because it is uh, a popular program, and I guess it has become popular because they have been carefully to make sure that they're just, it's just not known that those programs are there, but that there are programs that are working. We have one, we have several in, in San Antonio, the one that a lot of people know about, beyond just educators, they know about the program, it's called an immersion program, but it is a dual language program in Alamo Heights, here in the city of San Antonio. And people want to visit it, and they're very happy to see that, and people want their kids in that program. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a good thing that that's happening, but the kids that we're concerned with in this particular 
situation is with English, English language, language learners. Absolutely. And one of the issues that I have, it's an equity issue, is, uh, and I pose it in terms of question, is this prevalent model of dual language that I just finished talking about, is it serving the needs of all kids, and is it specifically serving the kids of our English language learners? The reason we're concerned with them, as you know, Bradley, in the Texas and in the United States, there are many kids whose language proficiency is not English. Right. And who suffer because they also lack proficiency in their native language because they've come to us, they haven't had the opportunity to develop their language proficiency. So I think as we see dual language programs and how carefully they are put together and how carefully they're implemented, we want to ask from a point of view of equity, are these types of programs available for English language learners as well as for other students that want to become biliterate? That's a great thought, Adela. And it also makes me think that whatever these good things are in dual language programs um, that are afforded to kids who get into those programs, they should be available for English language learners. Mm -hmm. What I see in school districts, I see three patterns in terms of these two models of bilingual ed, transitional bilingual education, where the, the primary language instruction in, in a T is called TBE. Mm-hmm. And the goal of primary language instruction in TBE is to develop the native language and to develop it rigorously so that then it can be used to transition the students into an English program. And, sure. the, and the, the theory and the policy is that if you work with the native language and you develop it to a level where it's, the kids are proficient and they can use it to learn, then they're going to be able to uh, apply that to English and they're going to become English proficient. Sure. In the other model, in the dual language model, in this premier programs that we're, we're talking about, the goal is biliteracy. And, and in this program, it's also by theory and design, the role of the native language is very important. And so that's why it's, it's a critical question for us to ask, you know, also in addition, are the kids participating in premier programs, programs that are designed? Rigorously and well. And then well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But also in programs where what's of primary importance is the native language. Because for the kids that are learning that native language of English language learners, mm-hmm. um, they're, they're coveted. You can be an English learner. Uh, your family wants you to learn Spanish, so, so it's a coveted. That Absolutely. primary language is coveted. For the other ones, it's, it's needed. So in either scenarios of a dual language program for, or by literacy is a goal or a transitional program where English, English. is a goal, mm-hmm. the role of that primary language instruction is so critical. In both. And, and the third then, Adela? So what we were looking at uh, in TBE programs, what I was going to mention is that there's three different places or three different uh, scenarios for participation in in programs that are premier. One is the dual language program. So if the district has that dual language program, we want to be sure that students participate in that dual language program. Mm -hmm. In the cases where there's no dual language program, where there's only TBE, what we want to do is for advocates, parents, and others to make sure that they get information on how these premier programs are designed and make sure that TBE programs are designed that way. That those dual language elements are a part of the TBE. TBE. That sounds great, exactly. huh? Right. And, and where there is both, 
there are a lot of districts where they have dual language programs and transitional bilingual programs. What you want to be able to do is give the students options, or the parents of the students options, that makes to sense. participate in one or the other. I know our time is running on, but let me ask you, is there another equity concern or issue that you would want to bring up in this session before you maybe talk about some of the resources? The, the quick question, I think we've discussed it, but I would like to, to phrase it again. The mm -hmm. first concern is, is a program of dual language available for our English language learners, sure. given that we've already d discussed that this program, this program seems to be better designed and delivered than others. The second question is the issue of the primary language or the non-English language. Is this language being taught in a top-notch manner? Mm. That is the key that question. In the article that I just wrote for the April 2012 issue, I bring it the issue of the quality of teaching Spanish as the primary language and um, resources that are needed by teachers so that they can make the teaching of Spanish a top-notch So issue. our listeners should be on the lookout then for that April issue article. Yes. Let me ask you, because you mentioned resources for teachers as we uh, begin to close, would you talk about some of the resources that we should be mindful of? Yes. In the um, article that, that, that we wrote, is it intended to provide resources. And in the latter part of the resources, it's a broad list of resources for teaching Spanish. Good in various contexts, but then I also provide a list of a couple of books and, and other resources where we're specifically focused on teaching it within the context of a dual language or a transitional bilingual program. And the focus is there is to give primacy to the importance of the native language in a way that identifies the uniqueness of the Spanish language. Of the Spanish language The Spanish itself. language as a system is different than English. Absolutely. And so what's been happening before, the major point I make is that in the past what we've been doing is we have a goal to teach the native language, but the guidance we give the teachers is just use the standards for English and translate them into Spanish. And so we're going to have to close, but that could be another conversation, Adela, we can pick up on in our next uh, podcast because I think that's an important point that our listeners need to know and hear. I sure want to thank you for at least this opening conversation. Please put us on your calendar for a second round of this conversation on dual language. I want to thank our listeners for being with us and wish them well. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.